are listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. One of our sponsors of the Dairy Voice podcast is National DHIA. NDHIA ensures information accuracy and represents their members' interests. They are the direct voice for the dairy information industry. To find out more, go to dhia.org. Welcome to Dairy Voice. Our guest today is a partner in Darlington Ridge Farms in Lafayette County in Southwest Wisconsin. I'm delighted to welcome Katie Martin Biganji. She and her husband, Jim, are managing partners in this 3,700 cow dairy. Katie, welcome to Dairy Voice. Thank you, Joel. I'm very excited. You and I met uh, at the Western Dairy Management Conference uh, in November in Reno, where you were part of a panel discussion on the use of sex semen, beef semen, right-sizing the heifer herd, and the like. Uh, but you gave the audience a good picture of your overall operation, which we're going to talk about today. But before we go there, just uh, just tell us about your own background. Uh, you've got a long dairy tradition in your family, and you are from that region of Wisconsin. Uh, tell us a little bit about Katie. So uh, first and foremost, I am a sixth-generation dairy farmer. Um, I'm a mom, and, and I'm a wife. And those three things really describe me to a T. Uh, I grew up in southwest Wisconsin near Bagley, which is right down in the corner, very close to uh, the Mississippi River and the Wisconsin River in the rolling hills of of Grant County. So grew up intricately involved in my family's dairy farm, the oldest of five, uh, taking taking on a lot of responsibility very early with my dad on our, our 300 cow dairy. So worked Worked diligently with him and um, graduated from high school, attended University of Wisconsin Platteville, and graduated with a degree in ag business and animal science with a with a dairy emphasis. Always have been very, very, very involved in, in dairy and have spent some time with various companies such as Monsanto, Alenco, and then have also been working with Pfizer Zoetis for approximately 10 years. Well, that's a great background, but you're in a partner a partnership now with your husband, uh, who you I've learned is originally from upstate New York and spent time in other parts of the country. Tell us how you got together, both from a personal standpoint, but also from a, a dairy partnership. Yes. Um, so we're about a, an hour south of Madison, and we milk about 3,700 cows. We, we met after he had already been, been dairying at this operation. And um, a little background about him, grew up in upstate New York, went to SUNY Cobleskill, and wanted to really see and learn more about the dairy industry. So spent some time in some internships in Idaho, uh, managing some, some large operations and learning a lot very quickly. And came across an opportunity in 2008 to lease the dairy that um, we're currently at, which is Burlington Ridge Farm. Uh, he expanded it in 2012, and we expanded again in 2020 to our current herd size of 3,700. Well, give us a little bit of an overview then of the current facilities. So what, what's your setup? Uh, how do you handle the cows? So, you know, we, our current facility is pretty simple, I, I think. There's not a lot of fancy equipment. We, we keep it very simple for the cows. We have naturally ventilated four-row barns. 
We have a double 40 parallel parlor. We do recycle all our sand, and that was part of, of the expansion and retrofitting in 2012, where we converted from mattresses to recycled sand. We run about 2,700 acres, and you know we just really focus on keeping it simple and running lean with employees, but yet doing everything we can every single day for the health of the cows and to make sure the cows are comfortable and to make sure that you know they're in their best condition. As I was preparing for this conversation, looking around on the web, you've had a good bit of publicity in a variety of, of uh, dairy and ag media. And it's uh, great to see how in almost every interview, you say just exactly what you said to me, which is cow care and maintaining the health of your, of your herd is really, and, and a cow comfort is really a high priority. Just tell us a little bit more about some of the other uh, aspects of your uh, cow care program. We really strive to really focus on the basics. You know, we, we want the cows to be as clean as they can. We want them to be very comfortable, trying to provide the best environment and really focus on the little things from the day they're born with classroom management to excellent care and protocols put together with our with our veterinarian. We keep it simple, but simple and effective, if that makes sense. It does, but tell us a little bit more. I noticed in your presentation in Reno and kind of your farm signature is keep it simple. Uh, and yet you have a large operation, a relatively large employee base, um, lots going on, lots of moving parts. Uh, kind of what are your priorities when you think about keeping it simple? Our priorities in our in our Keep It Simple program are focusing on the cow, focusing on people, and making sure our people are successful and have what they need to complete their, their job every day, and then also not complicating things. I think there's, there's a certain line that you cross when things become too complicated that it's not as effective anymore. So... It, it works for us, and and definitely there are there are times where it's it's not as easy during during those times. But we we really focus on doing the best we can every day by keeping a pretty simple program. When your goal is to help animals reach their full potential, health matters. Diamond V offers a fresh perspective on animal health, a perspective that supports gut health, strengthens immunity, and ultimately enhances performance. For those who choose to invest in keeping healthy animals healthy, feeding Diamond V makes a statement about another dimension of profit, where margins are measured by confidence in your future. To get a fresh perspective, visit DiamondV.com, because animal health deserves a healthier approach. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, kind of the performance you get, production and, and solids, but also some of the herd health metrics and the breeding, uh, the breeding metrics that you track in, in your herd management. So for many years, we've focused on fertility and we've focused on using high quality bulls that are very high in DPR. And, and because of that, we've created this herd that is very fertile and historically has had pregnancy rates over, over 30 when over 30 wasn't cool yet. Really focused on fertility, our, our fresh cow program is is again what another thing we really strive strive to succeed 
I, we firmly believe that a solid, clean, fresh cow program yields big results in repro, and it, and it yields big results in preg rate. We, our, our current voluntary wait period is 72 days in milk for all lactation. Uh, we do run ca every cow through a double obstinate program with uh, a two prostaglandin program the week of breeding. And we, we really strive to knock off 50% of the cows on that first service. And it's amazing the technology that Double Opsync and, and those tools have, have provided for us to have this type of fertility. And you're speaking about a Holstein herd, or at least predominantly Holstein. Is that right? Yes, we're 90, 92% Holstein. We do have a pen of uh, Holstein Jersey crossbreds. But we want fertile Holsteins that produce a lot of milk and, and aren't and do not get sick. That, that's our that's our plan. As you say, keep it simple. What what sort of production levels are you hitting these days? Production levels across the herd ranges from ninety to ninety five pounds, depending on de depending on the time of the year. You know, as we have continued to focus on DPR, that is the the thing that we're really working on now. So. How do we continue to keep that high fertility base herd, but also improve our production, specifically in pounds of fat and pounds of protein? So I, you know, I don't necessarily want a cow that gives a, a an average of 110 or 120 pounds a cow. I'd love an average of 105 pounds a cow with really high fat and, and really high protein. Sort of that six or seven pounds a day that we hear about these days. Pounds of solids, yeah, I should say. We're currently at 6.2, 6.3 pounds of solids. And honestly, our goal in the next couple of years is to be at seven. And I think we'll get there given our genetic program and what our focuses have really been. Uh, well, Katie, as you mentioned, you're working with Zoetis and that company, maybe more than any other really, uh, has encouraged producers to evaluate their heifer inventory and to make changes uh, if need be. Uh, including use of beef bulls, uh, and of course, uh, genomic testing, which kind of drives the boat on that whole issue. Uh, just talk a little bit about that aspect of your herd management. So we genomic test all our calves when they're born. Um, our calves leave at less than a week of age, and they go to a calf ranch in Texas, and then return pre-fresh, about a month pre-fresh. So we genomic test all our heifers. We're, we're very focused on using that genomic data to make genetic progress. Strategy always kind of changes a little bit as to, as to what the focus is. But as, as you can imagine with working for Zoetis, my passion is this topic. And I'm really focused on not only creating the right number of heifers, which is a big challenge at a lot of dairies and has, the, has been a challenge at ours as well, but also creating the best heifer we can and the best heifer that's going to be the most profitable for us um, because it is, it's very expensive to raise a heifer to freshening and so many of them don't even pay back their cost of raising. So really focused on this topic and, and where we are right now is we allocate semen appropriately based on their genomic results. I know how many cows need to be bred to sex semen each week, and I'm picking the best cows to create the future from. 
know, every week I, I know I need to breed X number of cows. They get Holstein sex semen. And then that, that's, that's one side of the story. The, the other side of the story, which my husband is very passionate about, is the, the beet side, which, you know, we're, we're not only using sex Holstein semen for service, but we're also using some sex male Angus semen for service. We want to create as many Angus bull calves as we can. Uh, so we're also retaining ownership in, in those calves. We treat them just like a Holstein heifer. They get two feedings of colostrum, full vaccination program. And we retain ownership of, of them until about four or 500 pounds and, and sell, them, sell them online in, in big groups. So you know, really focused on both sides, because both sides are equally important. We want that heifer that's going to be very profitable. We want that beef cross calf that is going to create margins for us that we might not have ever had the opportunity to have. So on the, on the beef side, focused on the high, big ribeyes, um, maybe not as tall of an animal, and high average daily gains while maintaining that our calving ease is, is not too extreme on both ends. Trying to find balance on both sides and yet find profit in both sides, it has been a challenge, but we continue to learn all the time where we think we should be going moving forward. Well, Katie, uh, do you send the beef animals, uh, the beef calves to Texas as well, or do you raise them uh, on the dairy at home? The beef calves um, get on the semi right with the little, with the dairy calves. Okay. So they go to the calf ranch and are, are treated exactly the same. I guess they know how to raise beef in Texas too, right? They definitely do. <laughs> well, Katie, you've worked for a number of uh, prominent companies on the pharmaceutical side, and now you're uh, a consultant uh, for Zoetis with a number of herds in your region there in, in Illinois and Iowa. Tell us a little bit about uh, maybe what you've learned uh, in terms of working with, with your client dairymen, things that maybe you were uh, intrigued about uh, back to bring back home, but also maybe some things, some lessons of, well, we want to make sure that we don't do it that way. Let's, let's, let's do it the way we're doing it. Any, any strong impressions from your consulting work? So what, what I do, and it's kind of unique to me, given some of my passions, is when I think about what I do for Zoetis as a, as a dairy production specialist, is I focus on three things. And I focus on data analysis. Uh, you know, I really hone in on, are we collecting good data? Are we using the data that we're collecting? You know, does it mean something? Can, can we take action from something? Um, and then number two is, is focused on the, on the farm and on the dairy and on their people. So I spend a lot of time in fresh pens, you know, making sure that antibiotics are being given in the right location, making sure we're dosing animals correctly, uh, making sure vaccines are stored correctly, and just really learning about what's happening on the ground level and meeting new people and, and understanding new systems. And then the third portion of what I do is really focused on what I call precision inventory management. And that's making the right number of heifers from the right cows, maximizing genetic progress, and then also creating new revenue streams with these beef cross calves. And it's, it's been really fun to do all those things. But I, I tell you what, the biggest thing that's been the most rewarding 
is to see how herds have changed in a very short amount of time incorporating this tool, which, which is genomic testing. You know, I, I've just seen less disease over time, and, and I've seen less antibiotics being used. And, and I've seen the, the components and the CFP that these herds are shipping is outstanding. And it is not uncommon for me to work with and be consulting with these dairies that have been on a genomic program for five, six, seven years. They're pumping out 7.7, 7.8 pounds of CFP per day per cow. And that is just unbelievable to me that that's where we are. I, I do quite a bit of benchmarking, and I can confidently say that you know, the programs that I've incorporated with a lot of these dairies, which again are very simple, not complicated, but I'm focused on them executing who gets what, I can confidently say you can make 40% more genetic progress every year than if you're not using genomic testing. Now, every dairy is very different. You know, our dairy, we're very focused on pounds of fat, pounds of protein, and also focused on trying to reduce mastitis. So that is our bugaboo. With our recycled sand, it can be very variable throughout the year. And, and I want to really genetically program these cows to not get cl clinical mastitis. Whereas another dairy that I work with is very focused on how do I work on genetically programming less calf pneumonia and less calf death into my future. And that's what's so cool about this is it is customized on how many heifers you want to make, how many heifers you need, what you really want to focus on, and what good looks like for the future. So to be a part of those teams and to see, see it really happening in real life has just been very rewarding for me and it's very exciting. So I'm commonly known as the crazy lady that, that gets very, very excited about this topic because I see it, feel it, touch it. And it's, it's amazing. Well, your enthusiasm is certainly coming through here and it's fun to hear for sure. And I'm sure it's fun for your clients. Uh, you mentioned record keeping and, and information based on some of the new technologies around. We came across an article recently that talked about uh, too much information that uh, caused more paralysis by analysis rather than providing information for actionable decisions. At your home farm, what are your record-keeping priorities and, and what systems do you use? So on our dairy, we use Dairy Comp 305 and record the basics, record DOAs, record health events. We don't have any excess data in the parlor, which might be wrong or right, so there's no... Um, You're not recording milk weights in the parlor? Not, not recording milk weights in the parlor consistently, really focusing on those fresh cow events and, and the basics. Uh, I, I do, the article that, that you referenced, I, I do agree with that, that I, I see dairies recording things for fun, it seems like. Uh, you know, an example would be they're going to weigh calves that seven times before they freshen. And there's a lot of time and labor spent weighing things, and you don't ever do anything with the data. And to me, that's a that's a that's a lost opportunity and, and a lost, lost labor labor cost if you're not going to do anything with with the information that you have. Understand? Are you part of the DHI system? You you test 
your herd? We test monthly through AgSource. And we do take um, very swift action with that data, especially with cell count, trying to figure out who our, our big contributors are, who's a chronic, who we should treat, who needs to be called, who needs to be dried off. You know, we call that our, our hot list every month to, to focus in on, on cell count. We believe in taking an intense approach to cell count. Right now, our cell count, I think, is 135, 140. But there, there's times where it's really hard. It's really hard when it's 20 below and the sand is frozen. Everything has to change and we have to take some different approaches. Cold weather in the upper Midwest can be a, a management issue for sure. Well, Katie, you've, we've talked about cows. We've talked about processes. Um, you do have a, a, a group of workers. Uh, you mentioned that you've got 40 employees. Uh, give us a little feeling for what kind of your priorities are to recruit, train, and maintain and encourage your workers. So the workforce is, has definitely changed over the years, and it's I I think I think I could say it's somewhat more challenging than ever as it continues to change. And there's not there's not individuals stopping at our dairy every day looking for looking for a job. So. We have a, an awesome crew of guys that have been there since the beginning. Uh, they, our main herdsmen have been at the dairy for, I think, 10 or 11 years. And everyone, the outside crew, including the herdsmen, are, are all cross-trained. So we really focus on not really putting people in silos, but working together. And if someone needs help, that it's very important that everyone works together to get the job done. My husband is bilingual. Most of our employees are Hispanic. We, we really focus on asking the question every day. How are you? What do you need? Is there anything, anything we need to talk about? To make sure that there's open dialogue and that everyone understands the highest priority things of the day. Well, as you say, keep it simple, but those are pretty good priorities for any employer, I would think. We try to ask the question, you know, what do you need? What, what, are, what do we need to do to help you help us? Katie, I'm going to wrap up here. Uh, any parting thoughts for us as we uh, conclude this episode, this conversation? I really appreciate you sharing the information that you have. We're really focused on the little things that become big things. We're really focused on making a lot of genetic progress. And, you know, we want our daughter to be a seventh generation dairy farmer if if she so chooses. So we're really passionate about what we do. I'm hyper focused on dairy cows seven days a week with the dairy and also my career at Zoetis. Katie Martin Diganji, we really appreciate you taking time to, to talk with us today. It's been fun to learn about uh, Darlington Ridge Farms and, and, and how you manage things there. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joel. Thanks for the opportunity. And this has been your host, Joel Hastings for Dairy Voice. We hope you uh, have enjoyed this episode. We invite you to subscribe at the usual podcast sites around the, around the digital industry. Uh, you can find us at dairyvoice.com or at our home site, dairybusiness.com.